You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary. Presented by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here, back here on the happy hour, 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline, Starter Heyman Text Line, Nick and Rico hanging out with you guys. All right, um, we're going to do the pods here in a moment. Jory said this on the text line, Mickey should get the full commitment Frost was given, and I think Nebraska will do very well. Frost was given benefit of the doubt because of who he was. Mickey will get Nebraska back in time, but with what Frost damaged, it unfairly affects Mickey. And I think that the latter part is true. I also think like Nebraska is going to give Mickey Joseph a fair shake for being an interim head coach. They're going to give him a fair shake. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be like this will be. At least I would like to think they would. They will because Trev Alberts is that guy. That's who Trev Alberts is. Like I I, tr- I have no doubt in my mind. Unfortunately, Jory, like you point out, with what frost damage it unfairly affects Mickey because Nebraska doesn't have time on their side no like think about it this way a new coach is going to a new coach whether that's mickey the new the permanent head coach or a a new face i mean look at just the last two weeks it's going to re re re-energize the fan base for a while for a while um and and when i say re-energize but i mean basically in terms of who shows up to stadiums how many how many uh, people show up? Keeping the sellout streak going. Yeah, things like that. Well, like the thing but, is, even if you didn't hire Mickey, whoever you brought in is going to have exactly, a and, massive and, and, and that's task my audience. that's my point. It's so whoever you bring in, you're gonna you need to win quick though. You need to start winning. We talked about it last segment. Win the games you're supposed to win, and Nebraska's done that. They're one for one under Mickey Joseph. Winning mm-hmm. games are supposed to win. You're not. You weren't supposed to win Oklahoma. You come out of a bye week. And you win your first game that you're supposed to win. Mm-hmm. Now you have another opportunity, right? And so, when we say this, like the the tough part for anybody who comes in is that Nebraska. I'm not sure how long of a leash Nebraska is going to give their next head coach. Like I think it would be something. Like think about it, Scott Frost. If he's not Scott Frost, does not get past last year. No, that's true. But at the same time, like you you want to give them a long leash because it's it's. I don't remember how we were talking about it or what the context was, but you you can't have a coach looking over their shoulder every time they they lose a close game. Like if you're if you're losing more games than you're winning, then yes, a short. Le- but at the same mm-hmm. time, if you're if you're the head coach in if you're the new head coach in Nebraska, let's say it's not Mickey, if you're the new head coach in Nebraska, based on where the program has been for the past four or five seven years, yeah, uh, it's not in a good place. If you go out there and you win. Seven games in your first year, you win seven games, eight games in your in your second year. You you cannot have the fan base calling for that person's head mm-hmm. because where this program has been, the the small improvements matter. And I know everybody wants a quick turnaround, but it's gonna take time. If you don't go, and I know you know now people are looking at Kansas and they're saying, oh, it doesn't take three years. You know they won two games last year and they're five and zero. Oh. Yeah cool sometimes that happens 
but you're not going to catch lightning in a bottle every single time. Like, mm-hmm. if it's a small, well, you know, you know, it's a small wanna... incremental turnaround, I mean, you're not going to, if you're losing, if you have a losing record, then yeah, sure, you can get upset. But if you have a winning record, if you're at seven, eight wins, year two, year one, year two, that's go- that's that has to be enough based on where you have been. I also think that when you're talking about building a program and trying to build a, a strong foundation for a, a program, especially at a place like Nebraska, you don't want to catch lightning in a bottle. You don't want that. No. Because that believe that makes you believe, if you're a coach, that you're doing something right, right? Or, or if you're a fan base, you feel like everything's perfect in the world. However, and, and you'll, you'll live in the moment, you'll enjoy the, the quick start, the great finish, and all that, and, and possibly a New Year's Six Bowl game appearance, and, I mean, and who at, knows what happens. Look at LSU. But, but you don't want to build your, or, or you, don't, you don't, if you're trying, like where Nebraska's at right now, they're going to need to build it from the kind of the bottom up, right? And... Because you could argue that Frost left this place in a, in a pretty bad spot. And if, if you're Mickey Joseph, you got to start with the foundation, and you want to build it up on the foundation. That's why a realistic record for Nebraska right now is still 7-5. and five. Like, if Nebraska finishes this, finishes this thing 7-5, and five, you feel pretty darn good about because you took a tumultuous start and, and ended it in a pretty successful way. And so with an interim guy, and that would honestly a seven and five finish will probably get Mickey Joseph the head coaching job, and rightfully so. Definitely, rightfully so, because you showed more progress in what would it be nine games than Scott Frost showed in four and a half years. And so it's one of those things where you don't want to build your program off of, and have a season that's lightning in a bottle. It's great because it'll maybe boost recruiting, but foundationally speaking. If you don't have a, a strong foundation that's built on relationships, that's built on um, respect and constant communication between all people within the department, then three years down the road, you can have a, a lightning in a bottle season year two, and then year three, year four, it just completely falls off the rails, and nobody thinks about that year two year or season anymore because it's what have you done for me lately. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things where um, I, I just like – Here's the thing. Houston Pepper Champion makes a really good example. Sometimes that happens. Riley started 7-0 in, in his second year, and then he was a dud. Kansas and Leipold are just false gold for now. Understanding how Leipold runs a program, I would not say Kansas is false gold. It's hard to buy into Kansas because we've been so we've been so used. We've been conditioned. Yeah, we've been conditioned to think of them as a doormat. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one thing there. Uh, once again, and like I was saying, sometimes the, the the lighting in a bottle, and and you know you you want to build upon that, but like you think of LSU with with Ed Orgeron, they have one of the best seasons ever by a team with Joe Burrow and and Jamar Chase and Terrence and all those guys, and then the next year you fire him, mm-hmm. like that. That's crazy. Travis and Lincoln says this, not saying I don't agree with you, but are you basing on we shouldn't have beaten Oklahoma prior to playing them or now because they are not a good team? If you shouldn't beat a, quote, bad team on a down year, what does that say? Oklahoma's defense has been torched the last two weeks. Just ask Tulane how good Kansas State offense is. I'm taking into account, I I guess, Travis, I I see your point, and Oklahoma's defense has gotten torched. Um, K-State's offense has changed drastically after Tulane. It has. Now, here's another thing I will say. When we look at Oklahoma, and you guys are going to call me idiotic for this, I don't think that they are as bad as they've shown the last two weeks. And and honestly, it's mostly just last week. Like, if they would have went out to TCU 
and only allowed and lost that game. Maybe maybe they lose to TCU thirty four to twenty eight or whatever. But the fact that they allowed fifty five points or however many they allowed, that's why we're saying, oh man, Oklahoma's just a dumpster fire on defense. But here's the thing: like they still have in that Oklahoma's a great example for a foundation, I suppose. Because Lincoln Riley was a guy, and, and talking to Chris Plank from the Sooners Radio Network, we know this. Lincoln Riley was a guy who lived off of top-notch recruiting classes, mm-hmm. fantastic athletes, and that would get him wins every now and then, or, or and, and consistently, I suppose. And then once they got into the big st- big-time games, they would fall apart. And a big reason why is that, or I, a big difference, I should say, between Brent Venables and Lincoln Riley is Brent... First thing he did on campus was talk to Bob Stoops. First thing he did. And had Bob Stoops extremely involved, very active. And now Brent Venables came back and said one of the first things he said at his introductory press conference was, Oklahoma has always been a player-led program. Whether that's former players, whether that's current players. It's a player-led program. Mm -hmm. And so uh, looking forward now, Nebraska is in a very similar position. They have a lot of former players that care deeply, and rightfully so, care very deeply about this program and want to help out. And just because they're active does not mean that they're at practice every day, does not mean that they're coaching, does not mean that they're in film study with the guys, but they are there, and they are around. They're just around. The players can and talk to them whenever they want to. Exactly. The coaching, the coaching staff can talk to them. They can, They. I mean, yeah, like you just, they're just around. They don't have to be at practice. They don't have to be involved, you know, that heavily with the team, but... If they want to just stop by, they can. And I'm not. I'm not calling now, Travis and Lincoln. To your point, once again, you you, you mentioned. You know, um, how are we basing on the the idea of we shouldn't have beaten Oklahoma? I guess I'm saying that as a team that maybe Oklahoma is going to take a step back this year, so that they can take steps forward next year and the following year. As it it's it's going stands, to get worse before it gets better because it's going to be built the right way. As it currently just like, stands, they have the best recruiting class that they've ever had in quite some time. Like, better than any of Lincoln Riley's mm-hmm. recruiting classes. And that's, so, that's currently. So what's interesting, um, when, when you said that, and also, Travis, I, I suppose to a certain extent, I guess I'm cutting Nebraska a little bit of slack because you had so much changes, so many changes right there um, the the, pro- the week before. You just fired your head coach, and you've got a, 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 a first-time Power 5 head coach at the helm trying to learn in a week leading up to the biggest game of the season. And at the time, they were sixth in the country. I mean, at the time, they were, they were number six in the country. Now, within the, the little part, the, the little facets of the game, there were effort issues, and there were problems with the way that Nebraska kind of handled themselves maybe on the field. And that's inexcusable, no matter who the coach is. Mm-hmm. But sometimes maybe you have to take a step back before you can take steps forward the correct way, if that makes sense. Um Eric says, hey, Nick, don't worry. I'll call you an idiot for many reasons, least of which is your thoughts on Oklahoma. Appreciate it, Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, no. So once again, 402-464-5685. Hammond Beans makes a good point. Mickey has already done something Frost couldn't. He'd, that'd be winning a game after a bye week. So, um, yeah. I, 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 there's just a lot of ways that they can go. And we'll be honest, Rico, AD, Raph, and I all agreed on this. Thank goodness that we are not Trev Alberts in this situation. Because I am not... I do not envy him. I am not... I mean, it's going to be insane. Being athletic director would be cool until this happens. Until this happens. Like, this is a big deal. And um, we're we're all rooting for Mickey Joseph big time. 
big time rooting for Mickey Joseph uh, because here's the thing. I really enjoyed doing a postgame show last weekend after Nebraska won a game against Indiana after in a game that they're supposed to win, especially when I can back it up and say, listen, it's not that Indiana played badly. That's how Nebraska went. It's Nebraska shut them down. They allowed 78 total yards, or excuse me, it was like 75 total yards in, in quarters three and four combined. You allowed 98 total yards in quarters one, three, and four combined. You only gave up 14 points defensively. Yeah, like that, that was fun to do. And I, I, I am hoping and praying that tomorrow night, Bach and I get to sit in the studio on the Husker After Party Post Game Show right after the game ends and say, here you go. There's two games right out of a bye week that Nebraska's beaten teams that they're supposed to beat. Done did it again. On the road and at home. And now that opens up this this giant hole and conversation of what is impossible for this team. With once again, as Joel Klatt said earlier in the show, with the poor division that poor division play going on in the Big Ten West. Because being uh, being completely then you're honest, really focused being, on Saturday's I mean, games. Think think about this, guys. Nebraska lost to Northwestern, who might be the worst team in the Big Ten, and they are still in contention for the Big Ten West. If you lose one single divisional game in the East, you're not you're not making you're pretty it. Pretty much done. You're done. Unless and you so, beat Ohio State. Yeah, and so it, like Nebraska's, it, thankfully so, in a very good position and and in a very good place division wise to give them an opportunity, although they have one loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, also I would also add that things are a lot different than they were week zero in in Nebraska's uh, athletic department. All right, let's go and get to our final timeout, Rico, um, and possibly Bach will be back next to, to talk volleyball as Huskers and Spartans face off tonight at 7 p.m. So we'll get you going, and, and who knows, they may put a bow on the topic uh, when they come back. But I'm done for today. I will talk to you guys tomorrow, but we'll be right back on the happy hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.